Good evening, world. This is the podcast Sassafras, and your host, S. Lorcatel, tuning in for another wonderful night going over our book, The Secret, and its topic, The Law of Attraction. We've been doing pretty well. Been doing pretty well. I'm making it only like a couple of pages per day, but I really hope I'm providing value on top of that. Obviously, the book is a condensed, uh, made for the reader to get them started on all this stuff. Law of Attraction and Manifesting and whatnot, but it doesn't really actually go deep into, um, like, the mechanics and the whys and all the neat neat things that you need to know. So for those just turning in, we're continuing our series, Breaking Down the Book, The Secret, and its topic of conversation, Law of Attraction, and ways that you can make it more reliable in how you want to manifest in your life, because we've gone over already... That whatever it is that you're attracting in your life, you're attracting in your life. It's a natural law. It doesn't have uh, preferences. It acts exactly the same way in exactly every instance. Just like the law of gravity. If you jump off a building, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person. You're still going to fall all the way to the floor. You're assuming you fall all the way to the ground. Similarly, the law of attraction does not care whether the thoughts you think are good or bad. Or whether it is you want or don't want that thing in your life. It will simply attract whatever it is that you are focusing on. The vibrations that you're sending out. Whether they're positive or negative. We've gone over how we tend to assign higher priority to negative. Because our brains are hardwired for survival. And they're not hardwired for happiness. So when you're doing a tra- uh, when you're thinking thoughts and you're just letting it go on and do its own thing. It tends to highlight negative news that comes at you and it features much more prominently in your mind. And the easiest way to remember this is when you're stuck in traffic and you're coming up on an accident and everybody's rubbernecking the accident. You get pissed off at the accident. But then when you get up there, you do the exact same thing. But you can't say the same thing for, let's say... A beautiful sunrise or sunset. Does anybody stop to watch the beautiful sunrise? No, they keep on going. We pay more attention to negative news. Naturally. So. Today we're going to... Excuse me, I'm going to recap what we did yesterday. We went over the aspect that's usually the hardest for people to accept. And that is complete and utter personal responsibility. Good or bad... You are responsible for all res- responsible for all the things you have attracted into your life. Period. Good or bad. That's a really a hard one for a lot of people to take. So we're going to continue that today. And before I get too much farther, I'm going to take my moment to do my industry shout out for the restaurant industry. Guys, hang in there. It's coming. There's a beautiful day around the corner. I promise. God, we can't wait to see you. I can't wait to go in and just sit down and... Hell, I don't even care. I'll probably sit there all day just to enjoy it. We can't wait to see you guys again. For restaurants to open again. I promise it's coming. Please hold on. Please, please hold on. You're valued. You're wanted. Hell, you're skilled. We need you. Please don't go. Please don't go. Okay? We love you guys. Anyway, alright. 
back to the book. So we're going to start about... We're going to start back where we were yesterday, just so we can recap real quick. And it was an insert by... Hang on one second. Dr. Joe Vitale. I'm going to recap it again, because it bears repeating. Everything that surrounds you right now in your life, including the things that you're complaining about, you've attracted. Now I know at first blush that's going to be something you hate to hear. You're going to immediately say, well I didn't attract that car accident, I didn't attract this particular client who gives me a hard time, I didn't particularly attract the debt. And I'm here to be a little bit in your face and say yes, you did attract it. This is one of the hardest concepts to get, but once you've accepted it, it's life transforming. Alright, and we've gone over this earlier in the book. Alright, let's go back over his quote because I want to do that a little bit more in depth. Alright. I didn't attract the car accident. Maybe you were sitting in the car and you were frustrated. Maybe you left the house frustrated. Maybe you had a string of bad luck and you're focused on all the bad things happening to you. I didn't attract this particular client who gives me a hard time. The fact that you consider the client a person who gives you a hard time in your head, you're emitting a frequency that the client is going to give you a hard time. Therefore, your expectation is that the client is going to give you a hard time. I didn't particularly attract the debt. If you're sitting there complaining, oh my god, I've got mountains of debt, what are you doing? You're affirming to yourself, I'm going to have mountains of debt. So the universe is going to say, all right, well, I'm going to give you more debt because that's clearly what you're focused on. You see how this works? All right, so continuing. Often when people first hear this part of the secret, they recall events in history where masses of lives were lost, and they find it incomprehensible that so many people could have attracted themselves to the event. However, by the law of attraction, they had to be on the same frequency as the event. It doesn't necessarily mean they thought of that exact event, but the frequency of their thoughts matched the frequency of the event. If people believe they can be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and they have no control over outside circumstances, those thoughts of fear, separation, and powerlessness, if persistent, can attract them to being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Alright, so essentially what you're what they're saying is when you're emitting the frequency and you're focused on the idea that life is out of your control, that's when life is out of your control. When you start becoming aware that life is in your control, and you do have to take one hundred percent responsibility for it, alright. That's when things start to change. You gotta dunk that belief that life is out of your control to a certain extent. Alright. You have a choice right now. Do you want to believe that it's just the look of the draw and bad things can happen to you at any time? Or do you want to, be- do you want to believe that you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time? That you have no control over circumstances? Or do you want to believe and know... That your life experience is in your hands and that only all good can come into your life because that is the way you think. You have a choice. And whatever you choose to think will become your life experience. 
Nothing can come into your experience unless you summon it through persistent thoughts. Insert by Bob Doyle. Most of us attract by default. We just think that we don't have any control over it. Our thoughts and feelings are on autopilot, so everything is bought, brought to us by default. Remember what I was saying earlier? Our minds are naturally attracted to bad news. Negative, to, negative news. Oh my god, there was a shooting around the corner. Oh my god, there was a traffic accident on the way to work. Oh my, oh my god, my boss is going to kill me because I didn't get the report done and I'm all, already late. We naturally pay more attention to negative news. Alright, that's default, unfortunately. I mean, it serves a specific function. We still need to be aware of danger. The problem becomes focusing all the time on the danger, focusing all the time on the negative, keeps you in the state of fight or flight. And I actually heard a really uh, amazing comparison uh, the other day. I was um, going through uh, um, some, of, some of my online classes, excuse me, and I heard it put like this. And the, I'm going to say it from um, the teacher's perspective. He was walking through a very, you know, sketch park late at night, no lights, and all of a sudden, off in the distance, he hears, he hears a rustling in the bushes. And he stops, because he can hear a really low, deep growl. Do you think you'd be scared in that moment? I know I sure would be. Do you think your heart stopped? Maybe your stomach dropped? That, that, that weird feeling you get in your stomach when you know that something's not right and you just might be in danger? Let me ask you something. In that moment, do you think that you'd want to meditate how about work on your life problems? How about work on your joy? Do you think you might want to reach out and touch someone in a positive manner? No! You want to run away! When you're stuck in fight or flight mode, you don't even have the thoughts that allow you to get out. You have to consciously force yourself. Alright, if you're stuck in that mode for too long, it actually has physical repercussions. It ups your cortisol level. Alright, then you start gaining weight. There's It puts hypertension on your heart and your adrenals. It creates brain fog. You can't think. Staying in that state for too long is very detrimental to your health. Okay. As much as I don't like talking about politics, this is an important reason why politics can't be in every single thing. Because when it becomes in every single thing, then you're stuck in that... Mm, I'm being overwhelmed mode. And that does... Start in, uh, influencing your fight or flight or fight response. If the outset is too negative, if it's absolutely nonstop, and it's nonstop negative, and you're being bombarded with it every single day, that is causing a negative physical response. 
And all it does is drag you down even farther. Sorry. Okay. Back to the book. No one would ever deliberately attract anything unwanted. Without the knowledge of the law of attraction, it is easy to see how some unwanted things may have occurred in your life or other people's lives. It simply came from a lack of awareness of the great creative power of our thoughts. Insert by Dr. Joe Vitale. Now, if this is your first time to hear this, it may feel like, oh, I have to monitor my thoughts. This is going to be a lot of work. It will seem like that at first, but that's where the fun begins. The fun is that there are many shortcuts to the Law of Attraction, and you get to choose the shortcuts that work best for you. Read on and you'll see how. Now I'm going to do a little pause here, and I'm going to reread Dr. Joe Vitale's little insert, and then I'm going to give you a little hint. Now, if this is the first time you hear this, it may feel like, oh, I have to monitor my thoughts. This is going to be a lot of work. It may seem like that at first, but that's where the fun begins. So here's the hint. Because our brains go through so much information per day, when you have done an affirmation, a repetition, a whatever, a certain amount of times, your mind starts putting it on autopilot to save focus time and energy. That's where you get the habit. That's where you get the muscle memory. All right, I'm going to say that one again. Once you have consistently repeated a thought enough times or an action enough times, your brain puts it on autopilot. Because you've clearly shown it that that's going to be your go-to thing. For the same reason why the apps on your phone, you put the apps that you use the most on your home screen and you put the apps that you don't use on a couple of other screens based in priority. Once you've used that app enough, once you've created that rut, that pathway, that new habit, it puts it on autopilot. You don't have to think about it anymore. It does it to focus, excuse me, to conserve focus, time, and energy. It just puts it in your algorithm. It's your, your, your run state. All right? It's right there on your home screen. Click. Because that's what you do all the time. You have taught your mind a new habit, a new priority, a new whatever you want to call it. Once you've done it enough times, it becomes an autopilot response for the same like riding your bike right until you figure out how to get your balance it takes focus it takes work it takes energy it takes paying attention but after you figured out how to make your balance are you paying attention to your balance anymore no you're paying attention to the cars in front of you you're paying attention to uh, the street coming up, you're paying attention to your surroundings, you're paying attention to where it is you're going. You're not paying attention to your feet on the pedals, your hands on the handlebar, your butt in the seat. You're not paying attention to the internal mechanics of how you need to adjust the weight in your hips and your core so that you can keep your balance while you're on the bike. 
It has become autopilot. It has become muscle memory. That's where you get that from. So, back to the book. Insert by Marcy Shimoff. Author, international speaker, and transformational leader. It's impossible to monitor every thought we have. Researchers tell us that we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. Can you imagine how exhausted you'd be and feel trying to control all 60,000 of those thoughts? Fortunately, there's an easier way, and it's our feelings. Our feelings let us know what we're thinking. The importance of feelings cannot be overstated. Your feelings are the greatest tool to help you create your life. Your thoughts are the primary cause of everything. Everything else you see and experience in this world is effect, and that includes your feelings. The cause is always your thoughts. And I'm actually going to do a really interesting little insert here of my own. No decision... And this is, science, this is psychological research here. No decision a human ever makes is made without a feeling behind it. This is a fascinating um, development that researchers have very much studied. And I'm just finding out about this and I'm completely fascinated myself. They took, um, excuse me, uh, brain injury survivors where that particular part of their brain that is responsible for feelings has been damaged and they discovered something absolutely amazing there's perfectly normal in every single fashion except they cannot make a single decision every single decision made by a human being first starts as a feeling without the ability to have feelings without feelings we can't make decisions Every really good salesman knows this. People don't buy on need, they buy on want. Very, very few times do they buy on need. Alright. You have to create that emotional connection or it's not, their sale's not going to happen. If they don't feel that connection with you, they're not going to buy. Decisions are made from feelings. Every decision a human being makes is made from feelings. Now, feelings aren't the only thing, but they are a very important part of the thing. I thought that was really fascinating. I gotta go back and look that up some more. So, back to the book. Insert by Bob Doyle. The emotions are an incredible gift that we have to let us know what we're thinking. Your feelings tell you very quickly what you're thinking. Think about when your feelings suddenly took a dive. Maybe when you heard some bad news. That feeling in your stomach or your solar plexus was instant. So your feelings are an immediate signal for you to know what you are thinking. You want to become aware of how you're feeling and get in tune with how you're feeling. Because it is the fastest way for you to know what you're thinking. Mm, back to the awareness. You're going to find that features heavily in this book. Insert by Lisa Nichols. You have two sets of feelings. Good feelings and bad feelings. And you know the difference between the two because one makes you feel good and the other makes you feel bad. 
I know, right? This is like life-altering stuff. It's the depression. It's the anger. It's the resentment. It's the guilt. It's those feelings that don't make you feel empowered. Those are the bad feelings. No one can tell you whether you are feeling good or bad, because you are the only one who knows how you're feeling at any time. If you're not sure how you're feeling, just ask yourself, how am I feeling? You can stop and ask this question often during the day. And as you do, you will become more aware of how you're feeling. Going back to what I was talking about earlier, you are not your thoughts, you are the observer of your thoughts. If you, the person, are asking the being that is inside, how are you feeling, actually listen for the response. You'll get one. And you, with, depending on uh, what type of feeling it is, you usually don't have to really wait for very long. Just notice how you're feeling. What ends up usually happening is we struggle to find a proper label for what it is that we're feeling, because usually it's a hodgepodge of many I'm feeling crummy, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling overworked, I'm feeling burnt out. I don't ever come to me, or I don't ever have people come to me for help saying, oh my god, I feel so joyous, and I feel so harmonious, and I feel so centered, and peaceful, and loving. Usually they don't come and ask me for help for that one. Not sure why. Good on you, but, yeah, you know. Alright. Stop and ask yourself how you're feeling. And if you're feeling negative, you know you need to change the tune of your thoughts. And it doesn't take much. Remember what we said earlier? Positive thoughts are a hundred times more powerful than negative ones. And if you set the intention within yourself that positive thoughts are more powerful while negative thoughts are weaker, it reinforces that. So when you're paying attention to your feelings, you can start to become aware and start to reprogram the negative patterns that you've caught yourself in. So we're going to a couple more paragraphs and then we're good, we're good for the day. The most important thing for you to know is that it is impossible to feel bad and at the same time be having good thoughts. That would defy the law, because your thoughts cause your feelings. If you are feeling bad, it is because you are thinking thoughts that are making you feel bad. Right? Your thoughts determine your frequency, and your frequency, or excuse me, and your feelings tell you immediately what frequency you are on. When you are feeling bad, you are on the frequency of drawing more bad things. The law of attraction must respond by broadcasting back to you more pictures of bad things and things that will make you feel bad. Alright. Not only does that work on the law of the universe, that also works on your individual psyche. When you're focused on bad things, you tend to notice more bad things because that is what you have told your subconscious that that's what you want to focus on. Good or bad. Alright, the mind can't separate between the two because there's still danger in the world and it's hardwired for survival you can't just like carte blanche cut all bad things out of your life because 
You, know, you still have to pay attention to that car that's swerving on the road. You still have to pay attention to that person that's jaywalking and stumbling into traffic. And maybe they're about to get hit by a car. Okay? That's what you focus on is what you end up attracting. If you're focused on that pile of debt, you're going to attract more piles of debt. If you're focused on hate, you're going to attract more hate. If you are focused on negative news, you're going to attract more news that is negative. It is that simple. Unfortunately. Because it's the thing that we re repeat the most, the thing that we hear the most. Alright, I went over a long uh, couple episodes back now of how the news has known this for decades. And they prey upon it. They know that your brain is hardwired for survival. Alright. That's how they keep themselves alive. They have stock... They have shareholders. They have stock options. Alright? These are publicly traded companies. They have to keep their employees fed. You want a fun fact? New Zealand only has one news station. You get an hour of news in the morning. You get an hour of news at night. No CNN, MSNBC, ABC, PBS... Slate, BuzzFeed, all them. Whether or not you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. They have to compete with each other. They have to figure out how to fill those time slots. Whether they fill those time slots with anything that's actually newsworthy is actually irrelevant. And it stopped being relevant a long, long time ago. Editors of news know exactly what buttons to push. To get those eyeballs on the screen. And they know it takes negative news to get the most eyeballs on the screen. Because as I said before, with the car accident versus the beautiful sunrise, we pay attention to negative news more. It's higher in our priority matrix. That's what gets the clicks. That's what gets the likes or the crying emoji or the oh my god. Or the wow. Alright. That's an unfortunate reality. But they've been manipulating it since... Crap, since I was a kid. That's way back in the 80s. Alright, this is nothing new. Just the... Ease and fluidity of which they do so... Has become much more prevalent. Anyways. So. We're gonna stop there for today. And we're going to get ready to do our two-minute brain break. So if you're not sitting already, go ahead and grab a seat. And close your eyes. And take a nice deep breath in. And let it back out. Now let's take a nice, another nice deep breath in. And let it back out. And just let your awareness gently rest on the moment that you are currently sitting in. And just gently notice 
Perhaps you can hear your own heartbeat. Gently, gently notice the breath as it goes in and out. How your lungs fill with air. How your chest softly rises and falls. Maybe there's cars going by outside. Maybe you can hear people outside. Maybe you could hear my daughter downstairs screaming at the other people on Call of Duty. <laughs> Is it rainy? Is it windy? Is it cold? Is it warm? Gentle, gentle. And we'll bring it back in three, two, one. And if anybody could hear my daughter screaming at the top of her lungs in the background, I deeply apologize. My best efforts to get her to try and be quiet have been met with absolute, complete failure. So, I just hope for the best. I do try and get it around when she's not playing, but let's be honest. We're still in lockdown. That happens a lot. And unfortunately, there's not really any place in my house that I can go currently where I can soundproof, close a door, and not have the sound carry. Hitherto, that has been the single reason why I have that has prevented me from even starting at all, and I just can't get around it anymore. So, my apologies. At some point, I hope to have myself my own office where I can do this in private with greater degree of control over the sounds in the background. So, thank you so much for listening. I hope I provide. I hope I provided value. Please do not forget about our share out challenge. Winner gets a Dean Graciosi Better Life Journal or a Russell Brunson's Traffic Secrets. Please send submissions to sassafraslk at yahoo.com. Thank you so much. I'm genuinely appreciative of you being here. And I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Sassafras out.